Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I'm back. We're black and brown. It's Tiffany. And Mandy. <laughs> I feel like you want to make this little low-key like Mickey Mouse Club I do. intro. You're you're forcing me into it. I will not relent. I can't do it. I put my, um. I don't know if it, it, what you call when you, I guess when you butterfly your fingers, that's when you like, you know, put your fingers between the the creases of your other fingers and I have it like under my chin, like it's Tiffany and I'm leaning in to the mic, like your turn, Mandy. <laughs> Such a good visual. What's up guys. It's Mandy. <laughs> and this is Brown How've you been? Oh, I've been good, man. Have you read the news about, so we all know Amazon finally chose its location or two locations for its headquarters. Sorry to Newark. Um, you were not the chosen one, but my old neighborhood in Queens, Long Island City was chosen. And I read something about how already the rents and the real estate prices are going bananas. And I'm kind of happy in a way that um, it wasn't somewhere that I live now because I don't know, I just feel like Amazon's going to come and everything's going to be more expensive and the neighborhood's going to be ruined. Honestly, it, it's already crazy. Like a friend of mine was looking for an apartment in um, Newark and he was like, yo, the one bedrooms were 25, no, is it 20, it was either 22 or $2,400. And that did not include, you had to pay electricity, heat and hot water. And I'm like, when did Newark get to be 2,400 for a one bedroom? Wait, this is pre, okay. So this is just imagine like if Amazon had come to town. Oh my goodness. Honestly, it would have been, I mean, it would have been great for my property values, but it would have been bad something, but it's Newark. I think people don't realize it's, they think like, oh, let me get into Newark before it's too late. I feel like it might be too late because I just saw a property like for sale in the Forest Hill section where I live on sale for $799,000 in Newark, New Jersey. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's property values are really, like I said, it's, it's great that I already bought, but I, it's almost too late for, for folks who've lived here their whole lives to, to purchase something because it's getting to be so expensive. Get those auction homes like you did. Or yeah. one of your homes, right? You got them mm-hmm. at auction? That's well, one way to do it. Yeah, well, both of them kind of like at auction, but one was like directly from the bank and one was from the city. New York property, about New York and New Jersey, it's such like an extreme real estate environment. I know other parts of the country are not this crazy, but I do feel like, you know, one of the things that we ha- we considered before we purchased a house in the neighborhood that we chose was my husband did look at um, city council meeting uh, for the town. Well, it's, it's confusing. And in, in, in the suburbs of New York, there's like towns and villages and 
oh God, it, like what are you, all these different ways of calling a, a community. But anyhow, he went to the old meetings and wanted to see what's being developed in the area. Um, and as, and I feel like that's a good sign that there's yep. prosperity coming to the area if you've got new things being developed. So that's one thing that we did. We saw they were building a Shake Shack and they were building a new shopping center and expanding things. So that was a good sign for us because our neighborhood, like it really was, um, it wasn't unscathed from the recession. I mean, no place was really unscathed, but our neighborhood did take a hit in home values pretty pretty severely during the recession. And even there's a couple of houses, if you if you drive around our neighborhood, that um, look like abandoned foreclosures. And if you mm. look them up on Zillow or something like that, it shows that like the bank owns them. Yeah. Um, so it's like this neighbor, this like this dichotomy of people selling who like rebounded from the recession. If you like hung on for dear life, the property values did recover and, um, you know, exceeded what they were like 2011, 2012, but some people didn't make it. And, um, it's still like the remnants of the recession still a little bit. Yeah. You, you could totally see it. I, um, and, and that's the reason why I bought like my second house. It was because I knew that I'd heard that the train station was coming. And after asking around and going to a few ma- meetings, um, there is going to be a direct train to the airport, Newark airport, and then direct train to, um, it'll be a path train. So it'll also go to, to, um, midtown Manhattan. So I'm like, Ooh, this is a great place, um, to buy. But yeah, speaking of recessions, my, did I mention that? I think my accountant said this, but also a friend of mine who really likes to study markets, he was like, yo, another recession is coming. I mean, but I guess that's just, it's cyclical, but he made it sound like impending doom. And I'm not going to lie. I got him a little nervous. Well, I mean, experts have been saying that they've been trying to, you know how like you keep guessing and hoping that you time it right. And, oh, I'm going to predict that it's going to be a a bear market is coming so that tomorrow when it actually comes, I can say that I was right. People (laughs) have been like waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, it's what goes up has to come down, right? Yeah. yeah. And the market's been super volatile. And even just this week with Trump making his comments, oh, we're we're calling a truce with China and the trade war. And, oh, now Trump seemed to forget about the fact that he called a truce today and the markets were down three percent like he his tweets his comments his his ugh, inanity like he is that a word inanity i just feel like i made that up <laughs> his inane his stupidity um it really moves the markets yeah and yeah. on top of that yeah we I mean, we had like double digit gains last year like crazy gains um in the market so it's you know that, that kind of growth is not sustainable always so you will yeah. see but it's important not to look at what's happening this week this month this year but look back over the past 10 20 the average returns over the last um a handful of years and even extend that to 10 years or longer to see okay what kind of return can you expect on average versus how are things doing day to day unless yeah. you're like day trading then you know you're having a heart attack right now because <laughs> I, I mean, just the fact that GM left, you know, um, let go of 15,000 workers. That's crazy. Oh, was it 15? Damn. Yeah, 15,000. Telling you, man, and, this is the time of year when people do their layoffs. Yeah. And then um, the fact, too, like I, I was I was at um, the bank the other day opening up another um, checking account for a, a business. And um, we were talking to my business partner and I were talking to the banker and he was saying, you know, money is getting more and more expensive. Like, you know, interest rates are raising and he was like, you know, he always watches to see like maybe I don't even know. At one point, the interest rate right after post-recession had gotten down to uh, 2.5 percent. And now they're steadily climbing. I think we're at like 
five or six percent, like if you're going to buy a house or whatever. Oh, yeah. My mortgage rates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you know, they, you know, they they might get as high as and they likely will get as high as double digits. And that's when, you know, you start to 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 get into trouble because it it, it peaks in, in double digits, 10, 15, 20, not 20, 10 you know, 15% and then something happens to bring them crashing on down. So I'm not going to lie. It makes me nervous. I'm wondering, should we wait to develop the second property? Because I want to borrow cheaply. I'm not going to pay out of pocket. Um, so we had a decision to make, like, if we're going to, do we get a construction loan, which is an unsecured loan? Like the bank just says, Hey, we'll give you money from like, you know, the fact that you've got great credit or whatever, or do we get a secured loan because we own our house cash? We basically borrow against our house now and then, um, then we all of a sudden have a mortgage for our our home, um, and then a, not a mortgage for the for the second home. So we've been like kind of like going back and forth and and trying to figure out like, or do we just wait? Because I don't every every month it, we we wait, the interest rate goes up and makes money more and more expensive to borrow. So I'm like, uh. Well, I think any secured debt is always going to be more affordable than an unsecured loan because you have something holding the asset, like you have, you have not the asset, but you have an asset backing up the loan. So typically any mortgage, like a home equity loan is always going to have or most likely going to have a lower rate than what you'd get from like an unsecured loan. um, For the most part. So I mean, if you're just going on rates alone, it seems like a, a secured loan would get you a lower rate. But you're right. I mean, rates are rising. So if you're gonna, if you're sure you're going to do it um, sooner rather than later, but at the same time, Yes, mortgage rates are rising and they're going up, you know, marginally each month. They're still very low historically. Like back in the 80s, they were double digits in the teens. Um, historically, rates are still pretty low in the yeah. mortgage land. So if you're if you're worried about buying a house, like, yes, your rate is going to be higher than someone who bought a house a year ago, but not not terribly higher than um, or not definitely not like high enough to like harken back to those crazy days in the 80s. Yeah. Whew. Yes. Those are double digits. That's crazy. Cray, cray. So I was reading, we've talked about public service loan forgiveness before. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of a, I remember when I, my husband works for the government and like a couple years ago, I was talking to uh, my financial planner, Helen, and I asked her, do you think it makes sense? Because we had like a lump sum of money and we wanted to know, should we just pay off a student loan debt or do should we just wait for him to get this public service loan forgiveness and just bide his time? He had like I forget how many years left, like seven or eight years left. And she was like, listen, do not rely on a government program that could easily, you know, change in the blink of an eye, depending on the administration or whatever. Um, And we just went ahead and paid it off. And I'm feeling good about that decision because um, new data came out, what, a week or two ago that showed Mm -hmm. that um, only 30, fewer than 30 people actually have been approved for public service loan forgiveness out of 30,000 who've applied for it. Yes. 30 people out of 30,000 have actually applied and been granted public service loan forgiveness. And that's, yes, that's honestly, that's just so crazy. Cause it's like, what is going on in this country? I, I'm not going to lie. I was sitting and thinking the other day, what is the solution? So, you know, like before it was like, well, you know, you get a job and you know that it's going to be enough to pay your bills. But then also the job is also going to provide for your future because you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a, re- a retirement account with that job. You're going to have a, um, you know, some sort of like uh, pension. But now it's like a free for all. And what 
I don't like to look at myself as an example because I like to look at myself as Tiffany, the school teacher, as an example. I didn't have a pension as school teacher. So like, what is, what was Tiffany, what would Tiffany, the school teacher do in order to maintain life now? And then also, um, make sure that I've taken care of my older self. Honestly, I don't, I don't even, and even though I was really tight, I didn't really spend much. I don't know if I'd be able to make it. And that, that part, um, just is really disheartening to me because you should be able to make it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you should be able to say, I've got a good job and I don't have to make, you know, um, six figures a year in order to pay my bills and set aside for retirement. Like, and I don't know that that's true. Like does, does everyone have to make a hundred thousand plus in order to be okay in, 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 in their day-to-day life and, and when they are ready to retire? Because that's just not a reality. Some jobs just don't go that high, you know? I mean, that's the real frustration is that, yes, the economy is doing really well, but wage growth hasn't quite been growing as fast as the cost of fixed price things are, like housing, um, education. They've just been growing in, in price, getting more expensive faster than wages have been growing. So that's why so many people are like, I feel like I'm doing everything right and I still... And, you know, everyone's saying the economy is strong, but yet I feel like I, you know, between my student loan debt, saving, paying for my essentials, um, trying to put a little money away in savings, like I am barely making ends meet and what's wrong with me. And, you know, it's, it's sad and that's the reality. And I mean, politics plays into it too, right? So a lot of people, if you think about the most expensive schools out there, um, in some cases they're for-profit schools or private liberal arts schools. Um, you know, especially around in the for-profit business, like conservative politicians notoriously um, always create policy that favors these institutions, these businesses that are running colleges, your ITT yeah. techs, your universities of Phoenix, you know, these colleges that cost so much money um, and don't really provide aid. And, you know, you can end up with a ton of debt and not a high paying career. You yep. also have states like conservative states. And if you look at um, the a- availability of public aid in some conservative states or states that have conservative leadership, look at who the governor is. Um, they usually control the purse strings going to universities. And you, you might see that funding for public universities in the state has decreased. And that in, in which case, um, you, if, you're going, if you're a student going to those schools, you have to take out more student loan aid, student loan debt, in order to pay for your tuition there. So, you know, who you vote for matters too. And then of course, like when you're choosing the school that, you know, you have to choose wisely in terms of like, what is it going to look like when I graduate with all this debt, which is fine for people now, but like those of us who graduated in the last, you know, already graduated, like you just have to struggle and make do with what you've got and try to do, I mean, you know, consolidate, refinance, try and enroll in federal income driven repayment plan programs. It just sucks because like, public service loan forgiveness for a lot of people was like this beacon of hope. Yeah. You know, if I just do well, if I work in a nonprofit or I work for the government, I make my 120 on-time payments, I'll be mm-hmm. taken care of. But there is what's happening with these people who applied and thought they would get approval is they found out they didn't have the right kind of federal student loan. They found yep. out that they didn't fill out the right form to yeah. make yep. sure that their on-time payments were being uh, counted or that their employer truly did qualify as a nonprofit or, you know, government, um, a public employer. So um, if you're one of those people who's thinking about 
applying for public service loan forgiveness, like call your loan servicer now um, and see what you've got to do to get on the right track to get approved. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just like I said, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Like I, I know I've created a space for myself and my family to be okay financially, but I, I don't know that I could have done this without starting the budget Nista and how realistic is that? I, you know, as I teach the dream catchers, it doesn't make sense to say, well, then you, then you start a successful business, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you should be able to like, as a teacher be okay. And I'm struggling with like before I could, you know, I had the advice where I'm like, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this and it can work. And now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to work. You might have to figure out how do you start something small? If you're, if you're in a position where like, it's different, like, so for what you do, you know, the, your, your income is not the same as somebody who's like, I'm a teacher, a preschool teacher in, in Newark, or I'm a, I don't know, like I'm a maintenance man in, in, in Irvington. What do they do? You know? So, yeah. And so that's what I've been kind of like trying to wrap my head around, like what, and try to find, um, figure out creating a plan for those who, you know, making a ton of income is likely not going to happen, but that doesn't mean you should be left out of the ability to take care of yourself. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So now that we've been Debbie Downers, (laughs) what do you have planned for the weekend coming up? Oh, you know, I think we are, we are we are in the final stages of the remodel and we should be Ooh. in the house in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, things are going wood. Paint is going up. Fixtures are going in. Um, you know, it's like it's almost more nerve wracking now because I'm just I'm trying not to get too excited because anything could still happen at the same time. I'm just it's like counting down to Christmas for me. I'm just like, when can I move in? When? Um, but don't worry. I went to Home Goods, <laughs> which was probably a mistake. Went to Home Goods with a. Uh, with a with a girlfriend and oh shit like filled my shopping cart to the brim i was like i'm gonna need now that i have a house i'm gonna need a cake stand and a matching lid and i'm gonna need these cupcake tins and i'm gonna need these labels for the gifts that i'm gonna wrap put under the tree it's gonna go in the house that i'm building right now yep (laughs) definitely gonna need all these accessories gonna need this apron gonna need this oh these set of this set of tongs gotta have that i'm like turning in (laughs) to my mother (laughs) i literally walked out with so much stuff like so much stuff that when I was at the checkout, this poor girl checking me out. I had all these different colors of sprinkles because they have teal sprinkles and you got to have teal sprinkles for your cool cupcakes that you're and your cool, you know, Christmas cookies that I'm going to make in my house in my brand new kitchen, right? (laughs) So I was at the checkout and my giant, I had these giant rolls of, well, these giant rolls of wrapping paper because you got to have that for the closet where you're going to put the wrapping paper for the gifts you're going to put under the tree at your new house, right? Okay. (laughs) 
I'm at the register and like I'm like trying to finagle these like huge uh, wrapping paper like tubes into my cart and I'm knocking sprinkles and like sprinkles go crashing on the floor and the jar breaks and there's just sprinkles everywhere but I'm keeping my cool it's fine took me probably like 20 minutes to check out it was crazy so this from someone who was like oh I guess if we have to get a house now look at you all into it you don't realize the latent suburban mom inside of you until you get a house and go to home goods and then you're like I gotta have these things it's bad it's bad but hey things are affordable there so if you're gonna buy a ridiculous cake stand you might as well get it for $9.99 yeah, for uh, so I don't know. Like, have you seen Sandy? Um, you know our friend. So our financial friend Sandy. Well, just even just a real friend. But um, her brand is called Yes I Am Cheap. You know Sandy. First of all, she Love is a Sandy. G. She she's been doing her own. Have you seen her? She's been doing like she and her husband have physically been doing like a lot of their own renovations. Like Sandy yes. has a drill. Yes, and I love her. Like if you follow her. Um, is she, is she, yes, I am cheap on Instagram. I've been following her stories. I can't remember oh, I her. No, but go, f- well, I'll put a link to her. She's awesome. Yes. And so she said she's done. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, it's been amazing watching her like put up cabinetry herself. I'm like, Sandy, you are a boss. And she's like, you know, you just figure these things out. And so she, um, um, cause Sandy bought a home and she renovated her old home that she had because she was going to rent it out. So I believe what she was doing is renovating what she's been showing is folks is her renovation of the old home, I think. So that mm-hmm. way she could rent it out and um and live in her new home. No, you know, because it is true because her new home is like brand new. Ah, um, she, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so it doesn't need any renovation. I remember her get, taking us on a tour. It was It's beautiful. So yeah, her old home, she was totally redoing it so she can rent it. And I'm just like, wow. Meanwhile, I'll be done in January, but whatever. We're getting there. That's not that long. That's not that far away. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm just like, well, you know, I am excited because I can, at least so I can see the end, but I'm also really nervous because we're picking out tile and tile is forever. And what if we choose the ugly thing? And what if we choose something that is so 2018 and in 2025, it's like, oh my God, you clearly built your house at 2018. Listen, my- if you want to sleep at night, do something classic and sleek and chic and normal looking. We chose a pretty, um, a, like a really pretty uh pattern tile for our shower and I love it but I've literally been having like stress nightmares about it of this tile the exact same question like is this going to be ugly in 10 years do I hate this tile is it the right tile that's the problem with the home renovation like you make decisions today doesn't get installed for like six to eight weeks and then you're like wait do I still make do I like that decision that I made I know it's not good for indecisive people I can tell you that oh mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like the worst when it comes to making decisions yeah, just do white and live your life <laughs> and that's what I said. I think I'm going to like for the bathrooms for the most part, we're going to make it really clean. And so like subway tile for like the, the guest bathroom in a, um, at Supergirl's bathroom. And then um, like, I don't know what the floors are going to look like, but I figure like the bathrooms and then the master bathroom, I I'm, I want some marble, not the whole thing, but I want like definitely some like marble um, accents. But even that I'm going to choose a classic because there are definitely some funky tiles. And I'm like, Ooh, I love it. I'm like, yeah, today. What about in March? Um yep. Yeah, so, but I do, I want to go classic. We we have mostly um, hardwood floors, not even mostly, we have hardwood floors throughout. So thankfully, that's always classic. It's just the tile in the kitchen that's giving like my me a stomach ache because I wanted to put wood in the kitchen because like... Um, wood where? No, like on the floor. Have you ever seen that? Like when you walk oh, in and like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, but it like our, our kitchen floor is not naturally even. And so it was going to be really expensive to... um to level it. He said, but there's self-leveling, um, whatever that goes under tile, 
Like you could pour it and it levels itself. And he was like, that would be way less expensive. Our contractor, way less expensive than literally rebuilding the floor for the kitchen, which would cost a lot. So even though I wanted wood through, because uh, our kitchen is attached to our dining room and living room, and I wanted wood throughout, um, I decided let's go for tile. But now picking the tile is like, yikes. I just want, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but. Just deep breaths <laughs> and uh, good luck. <laughs> Uh, this weekend, no, I'm going to go see my, um, I have a new niece. She's only a couple months old. My sister, she had a baby and she moved. I'm like, are you crazy? So she's like, when are you guys coming to see me? She just moved, <laughs> <laughs> she just moved last week. So I told her like, so my, my sister, um, Carol and I are going to go see her this weekend and, um, help her unpack because she's like, cause she's breastfeeding. And she was like, yo, I, I mean, I don't even belong to myself anymore. I belong to this baby. The baby's like, where are you going? Sit down. So she's like, and she's like, my husband doesn't know where anything goes, you know? And so she's like, and he, he's a doctor, so he's working a lot. And so she's just like, okay, so I need help. So I was like, sisters to the rescue. So I'm excited to see the baby Lily, but also help her unpack her house. She lives in Chicago. I was like, you should have stayed in Jersey. Oh, you're going to Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Lord, the weather. But I don't think, it's not like we're going to be like hanging out, hanging out. We're, we're just going for an extended weekend, like Thursday to a Sunday. We're just and there for the labor. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm, to just help. When she was just like, we don't, we don't even have mattresses. I was like, well, as long as you have an air mattress. Is this her second baby or first? No, this is her first. She was trying Aww. for a while. She has her beautiful baby. I was like, yay. She's the oldest of five of, of the five of us. I was just joking with a girlfriend who's having her second. And she was like, no one cares about your second baby. No one offers to help or gives you a baby shower. It's like, it's just as hard as having it. Or maybe even harder because you have a baby plus other baby. Um, so <laughs> if you no, have a friend with a second baby, pay attention to them. Yes, it's true because I look back and I'm like, I don't even have that many baby pictures. I was like, you guys didn't even care because I'm the second. Oh, like, yeah. You and my little what? brother. Just whining, whining. <laughs> he was number four. Number four. Okay, so imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, like, I feel like the first and definitely the last. The last is always like, oh, my goodness. You're the little princess of the world or prince of the world. But like, yeah, the, the second baby does not get any love. I was like, mommy, like my, one day my mom created like um um love. Uh, what are those things called? Uh, picture albums for all of us. Like she grabbed all of our baby pictures from every corner of the world and, and gave us each our own individual like picture album. Like Karen, the oldest, had like three. You know, everybody <laughs> else had like, I had like half of one. I was like, mommy. <laughs> she got tired. <laughs> Yo, I couldn't believe it. I was like, mommy, what happened? And she's like, I, I, I know we took more pictures than this. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to like weep. I'm like, mommy. Why is mine the skinniest? You look like, like the other one, so you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, so I was like, yes, that poor second baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these are my questions. I don't know the rest of the words, and I know the audience is gonna get annoyed. These are my questions. It's a question. Like time. we said, there's not enough syllables to match <laughs> that song. Usher, usher. <laughs> But we'll let it pass. We'll let it pass. It's the holidays. Um, okay, guys. So we're going to go through the reader mailbox right now. Hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com with your questions. You can hit the Ask Us Anything tab, leave a question, or email us directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. So we have a couple of good questions. First question is from listener Jessica, a repeat questioner. She says, I wrote a while back about being passed up for a promotion with my company and having people that I trained be promoted above me. I remember this question. So I ended up talking to my supervisor. 
When I asked why I wasn't considered for the position, he stated that we didn't think this was something you'd want to do. Since then, I've decided to start pursuing my dream of becoming an entrepreneur. Is there any advice that you can offer me? I got so far and then I kind of get stuck on what to do next. I've created a name. I've applied for my business license and started a website. But now I'm kind of confused on what's next. So turned down for, for, for a promotion and then now wants to get out of the corporate world and start her own business. Okay. So, well, starting your own business, I mean, it's, it's always an adventure. Um, what's next is really to figure out what are your, what I would say you want to start a tree business versus a bush business. So a bush business is like, and this is what most people do it in the beginning because they're nervous. They are like, oh, so I teach you how to budget. I fix your credit. I help you with student loans. I help you with debt. I sell gold chains. I do hair. And so, <laughs> Sounds and like so, a black bush business. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically. Yeah. yeah. And so like think about a bush. It sprouts. It has a whole bunch of little like whatever those twigs or whatever and it sprouts but it stunts its own growth because it does too many things and so you're wanting to develop a tree business and so an example if I'm going to use the budgetista was literally I call myself the budgetista because that's all I did I had that core deliverable I will help you create a budget I I I talked about budgeting I posted about budgeting I sat one-on-one with people doing budgeting and that was my tree trunk and once you build a really strong tree trunk you find and you you find the folks who are wanting to purchase um, from you, your customers, um, you develop like your expertise because um, when you're starting a business, even if you're really good at baking cakes, you still can always be better. And so all about that one core thing and, and then you can branch off like, you know, once trees get, you know, nice and tall or whatever, then they can branch off into other things. So Come I through with this analogy right now, because that's amazing. <laughs> I love the analogy. Right. So I always say you want a tree business versus a bush business. So that's one. So what, but you have to figure out what is your tree trunk, you know, and it's, it's harder than you think because so for example, you might say I bake, my tree trunk is baking, but are you cupcakes? Are you cookies? Are you muffin tops? So it's not as easy as I just bake. So you like, and the reason why you want to get really clear is that you want to build trust. The, the awesome thing about trust is that it can be transferred. So once I got really good at budgeting for like a year or two, everybody knew Tiffany is the budget needs to all of my, my potential customers and clients. And then I was able to say, I can also help you with. And so I would focus on that first. And, and to me, one of the best ways to hone your craft is to um, volunteer. So I'm not sure specifically what you're, you know, like, let's just say you're doing a service business. So I would, you know, be, you know, like kind of like recruiting for clients. But then on the side, I would volunteer at like the Boys and Girls Club or, you know, a homeless shelter or a domestic violence shelter for women to hone my skill set on the side. And you'll see comedians will do this, too, like Chris Rock um, and Dave Chappelle. They're notorious for like playing really, really small clubs on nights that no one knows that they're coming and practicing new material. And then once they get it good, then they'll bring it to the HBO um, stage. So don't be afraid on the side, people tell you don't do stuff for free. I think that's foolish. Of course you should do stuff for free, but it, like, you know, donating to organizations and people that might not otherwise be able to afford you to hone your, hone your craft and, and, and use social media to your advantage because social media, I call social media the pre-resume. So before someone gets to know you, they get to know the social media you. So what do you want people to know about you? And so I knew I wanted to teach 
um, in-person classes. So every time I did one, even if it was volunteer, I used to post, post it to social media and have a clear description of like, had a great time speaking at the United Way today, taught the, you know, talk women, whatever, how to, um, budget for the holidays. So that way I was, what I was doing was putting out my pre-resume. So people knew exactly what to hire me for. And I realized that it was working when, let's just say, I remember one time I volunteered, I helped a Girl Scout troop get their, um, student, their, um, their financial literacy badges. And I thought it was so cute. So I posted it. If I tell you how many Girl Scout troops reached out to me, And I realized that I have to be mindful to post what I want to get hired for. Because if I didn't want to do more Girl Scout troops, which I didn't, I mean, I I did it for a friend of mine and it was fun. If I didn't want to do that, then it's it's okay not to post that. So posting um, also what you want to get um, um, hired for. Um, Some tools that will be helpful if you're going to build a site. I really like um, WordPress um, because it's almost every website designer knows how to um, do the back end. Like if you're using a site like a Wix or, or some other sites, sometimes not everyone's familiar, but WordPress is pretty much the standard. Um, Wufoo, W-U-F-O-O, is an awesome free contact form. I think it's up, up to um, 100 free messages a month, I believe, that you can get um, with Wufoo. So what I love about Wufoo is that you can embed it on your site, but even better is that you can create the contact form on Wufoo.com and they can give you a link. So whenever I would speak, like say, like I said, like the United Way, had an awesome time speaking at the United Way, teaching women how to budget. If you would like me to budget at your company or help your women to budget, contact me here. And the here would not be my email. It would be my Wufoo form. And the form would pop up and it would say name, um, email, subject, and you know what do you need or whatever. And when they filled it out, they would e- it would go to my email directly because people are inherently um, lazy. And so if you say, email me, if, if they're at a red light or they're at McDonald's eating, for them to stop, go to their email, remember your email and email you, is that's a lot of steps. And so if you could reduce the steps by them just clicking your contact form link that's in the bio of your IG or just a link inside your, your, your Facebook post or whatever, or your Twitter post, then you can, you can cut down the steps and they just click and they don't have to go to their email. They could just fill out your form. So I think those are good places for you to start. And, and I wish you well. Oof. I need to write a book, my friend. (laughs) I feel like you can keep going and going. I mean, it's also, you're in the privileged position of having a job even while you start a business. So, um, you know, use that to your advantage, let them pay you, um, and use that money to, uh, you know, use that stability while you're trying to, to launch your business. But I understand that. I think that what I identify with is a frustration. And I feel like if you're passed up for a promotion, you know, it seems like you're ready to kind of just quit and move on. But you're what I would say is your manager said, we didn't think this is something that you'd want to do. So I would ask yourself, I mean, maybe this isn't the job that you want long term, or you're just not happy there. That's why you want to leave. But if you're at a job, and someone says that to you, I mean, you have to don't let them don't wait to be tapped on the shoulder and given a golden staircase to the next opportunity. Sometimes you have to ask for it. And sometimes you have to de- not demand, but be upfront and be assertive with what you want out of your job. And if you're ready for a promotion, don't let them even use this as an excuse that we didn't think that's what you wanted to do. Don't let it be a secret. Um, you know, not all managers pay attention and not all managers may think that you're ready if you don't raise your hand and say that you're ready. Um, so that's my two cents. And uh, everything Tiffany said was 
fantastic. You should write a book, Tiff, on. <laughs> sometimes you know, you know, sometimes you always, I'll think like, what? I don't know anything about business. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. get out of here. How <laughs> could you not? You're just in the middle of it. But like reflecting on it, you have to reflect on what you've done and what's worked and what hasn't worked. And then you have so much to offer people when they ask you. Yeah. It's not until that happens. That's why, you know, teaching is such a great tool. And this is why, I mean, I tell people all the time, volunteering, one, it's good for your soul. It just is. And then two, it's so good for you, like developmentally, because when you teach, you learn twice. So when you're, when you're sharing your service or product with like a, a, a vulnerable population that otherwise could not invest in it, you know, that you, what you're really doing is you're honing your craft. And so the more I love teaching because it makes me better. It means that it forces me to learn new things, but it also forces that what I do know to be true, I prove it like that truth over and over and over. And so I, I mean, I do a lot of volunteering, um, on the side. And sometimes it's just like talking to mentees or helping out friends. Um, because you just, there's so much to learn in business. I mean, every day I'm making stuff up. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes like someone asked me just something earlier before we started taping one of my team members and they know I'm the queen of like, girl, I don't know. Well, we're going to figure it out though. I mean, one way or the other, it's either right or wrong. Let's try this. Um, so, and then some things I do know because we did the wrong thing two years ago and we figured out what the right thing is. And, Business is both terrifying and amazing. Um, I don't know that I could do anything else now because I've been doing it so long. Uh, but it's there are days when I'm like, I quit. I just want to be Tiffany, the, the preschool teacher. I hate everybody. And there are days, <laughs> <laughs> and then there are days I'm like, I love it. This is amazing. And um, yeah, and literally that could happen all in one day. That could happen all in one hour. <laughs> Being prepared for that major shift. And what would you say to her process? So she said she's created a name, applied for her business license, and started a website. To me, that sounds like the trappings of a business, but I feel like what she should really do is focus on what is the business. She doesn't actually share this in her message. Maybe she has done the work, but actually taking time to figure out what your business is first before you get the the bells and the whistles. I always say you can look like a business or you could be a business. There's a little girl who lives in our complex. She has to be like 14 or 15. And on the weekend, she braids hair. She has like a little line of other little girls that come. (laughs) She sits on her little steps, right? Shantae has a business because she has a product or service that people want and they purchase. That part, the and they purchase is critical, right? Now, I know people who are grown with pens and websites and and cards and all the trappings of business, but no one has bought anything. Shantae has a business, you know, websites and pens and all that stuff do not make business. The biggest mistake I see new business owners make is that they invest in things that don't bring a direct return on investment, ROI. So you don't like now I'm further removed so I can purchase things that the return comes later. But in the beginning, you cannot afford to, to spend money on things that that's not a direct return. Example, you are a baker, you know, you want to, you want to bake cakes. Your money should be going to a flour, eggs, sugar, whatever else, cake mix or whatever, Teal, right? sprinkles from home. <laughs> you know, because what you can do is literally you purchase those things, you make the cake, you sell the cake. If you purchase all of these other like secondary things like a website and, and business cards, whatever, you cannot sell a website. Like if you're like a baker, that's not the point. You cannot sell business cards. So those things don't matter as much. You think that they do, but ultimately people just want cake. And so until 
your cakes make enough money so that way you don't you're not living hand to mouth in your business you should really just be um investing in things that it's a quick return on investment meaning that you purchase them and they they lead to a direct sale and so that's probably like i said the biggest mistake i mean i i just cleaned out my closet because since we're moving in like a month moving into our new house i cleaned out my closet mandy i can't tell you there were thousands of business cards flyers that never got passed out. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, with like my old phone number on them, old website. And I thought, how much money? There's probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of things that could have been used to grow my business when I first started. But I invested in things that looked like a business, but were not a business. Don't quit your day job just yet. <laughs> Keep that job a little bit longer, I feel like. Um, yeah, have your have your exit plan. How much money do you need? What's your baseline? Your baseline, well, this is what I call my baseline, is like, without the bells and whistles, how much money do you need monthly to support your life? And if you can get up to six months, if not longer, um, so you want your baseline about six months if you're able to save that much. Um, and then you have to consider what I call a waitressing job. I was just telling my sister uh, this because she doesn't like her job and she's ready to, to take the leap. And I said, if you reduce your you reduce your your living expenses and and find a less expensive place, um, then you can your baseline will lower, so you, the money you have saved will last longer, and then you could get a waitressing job, which I just call that like a a job that is a low lift mentally and it's flexible with hours. So mm-hmm. like she's wanting to enter into specific, uh, like into a specific, um, um, kind of like career and it needs her to be available at a moment's notice. So she needs a job that it's not going to take up a lot of space in her brain. She can kind of just do it, but also she can just be like, Oh, I can't come in on Thursday. Can I come in on Friday instead? And so it's okay to have like a little side job that can pay your baseline because now you're living way cheaper, um, but will allow you to pursue your dream. So it's not taking up too much of your time and not taking up too much of your, of your, of your mental and emotional space. And so consider those two things. And I don't care how grown you are. It's okay to say, can I move back home with my parents? Can I move with my best friend or my sister or whatever in order to pursue this? Because you're, you're going to need, you're going to need to reduce your um, personal spending. If you're going to have the, the the leeway what is that uh, um the runway is that what the is that what it's called when you know like with the plane before it takes off they have to like go down taxiing like, uh, yeah runway, well, you know it, that that is the runway right yeah so yeah so the planes need plenty of runway and before they take off if the runway is too short a plane cannot take off and you're not going to be able to take off unless you have a long enough runway and your runway is funds to support you while you're waiting for your business to make you money you're literally the Confucius of business strategy. You need like, you're like a, amazing analogy after amazing analogy. You guys writing this down? Someone making no, a t-shirt like the, for us? Please. That's like the African in me, honestly. You know, African, <laughs> yo, my dad, I said, daddy, can I go outside and play? And he would be like, well, one day there was an aunt. An aunt was walking. I'm like, wait, so is that a yes? <laughs> I, should, I should have like the African playbook for starting a business. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, I'm going to edit this out so no one takes your idea. Yes, go run. <laughs> Well, thank you. I feel like I just got schooled too. Jessica, thanks for your question. Um, If you guys have questions, again, hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com. And 
and it's time for a boost and a break and a boost and a break and a boost and a break. Are you going to boost or are you going to break? I mean, I can't do Michelle Obama for a second week in a row, can I? Even though it's like for something different. You can do whatever you want. I literally spent like two hours just watching every interview she's given because I love that she's on the – she's out there again. She's like doing her book tour. She's being interviewed. She's dropping gems everywhere she goes. Every appearance, more gems. So she was doing her – first of all, I haven't seen her live because those tickets are way too damn expensive. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I will just, you know, read my HuffPost summary afterward. But she was at Barclays Center last night in New York, and she called out the whole lean-in philosophy. I put the the quote on Instagram, um, basically saying that sometimes in life, the whole lean-in philosophy doesn't work. Or in her words, that shit don't always work. Ooh, and, child, yeah. Um, I just I feel like we just all need to hear from Michelle more often. So another plea for you guys to go read her book or just read her inter- watch her interview. She's been amazing. But I won't, you know, cheat and make that my boost again entirely. I have another boost. I'm going to do a quick shout out for one of the task management tools that we use maybe too much at my office here. It's called Trello. Ooh. Like and I was Hello, about to Hello, I've been looking hey, hey. for a new task management and I heard about Trello. Do tell. Go ahead. Trello is great. Um, it's a productivity tool and it's a task management tool where if you're a group collaborating on a bunch of the same task or the same assignment or the same project, it's excellent. You can tag people. You can create different stages, different lists. You can move. Um, they call them boards where you keep everything organized and you can move things from the HR board to the financial board to the attorney's board. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. It's really fantastic. And we've, we've, we use it for a team of about 50 people or more um, at my office. It's been cool. It's been uh, super useful. So if you're looking for something in your life. I think I've, I've talked to someone who like uses it for planning her family's vacation. So it's not just for business. This is my shameless plug for Trello. Mm, it's so funny that you said that because we were using this system called Zoho Projects, which Zoho Projects is like using a machine gun to kill a mosquito. <laughs> okay. It is so robust, Mandy. I mean, it, it, it actually makes you, it's, it is so robust. It's inefficient. Like it, it's so granular and you have to do so much just to get to like what you need to do oh, that like, it, yeah, it is. I mean, so I just was telling my team today, like, you know, I know I said I wanted all of these things, but this, this is sometimes paper and pencil is best. So we already use Slack and we've been like struggling to find a project management tool. The team's been amazing and that they get their things done without it. But as we grow, it's just not going to be possible to, to just use Slack. And for those of you who don't know, Slack is like, um, That's just like a, a chat tool. Yeah, it's just a chat. Exactly. So we are having a, and we're using like Google Docs and it's just inefficient. Mm. So you need Trello. There's a Google Doc attachment function. You can link it all. Mm. You guys definitely need Trello. But Trello is like one of, I think they're owned by Jira, which is another kind of task management tool that you hear about a lot, J-I-R-A. And then we also yeah, use an app. We also use a task management tool called Good Day, like Have a Good Day, um, okay. with our team who works remote in a different country. But Trello is probably my favorite. It's the most simple to use, and I mean, it it definitely works for us. And you can really customize it to work for what you need. Hey, Trello. <laughs> Trello. Hello. You trying Hello. to advertise? Holla. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am just going to do a nice little boost. Um, just this past weekend, I was in Texas 
um, um, to do this uh, event called My City Four Ways. And um, when I went to Essence, um, I was part of this contest for 10 um, um, women entrepreneurs who um, presented and and they pitched me their content, their um, like business kind of like, oh, not yeah. like you talked about that before, like their yeah. like their business pitch, their elevator pitch. Exactly. And so the, the, the winner was to win a car, a two year lease for a car. Um, and so just this um, uh, Saturday when I was in Houston, um, the, this was kind of like the end event. And three of the, the finalists came to Houston and, you know, it was just a really nice event. It was just like a woman's kind of like empowerment event. It was it was it was really cute. And a lot of dream catchers in Houston came. Hey, Miss DNM. Um, and so the winner, her name is Melissa Mitchell of Abel Creations. And I just love Melissa. She is so positive. If you see her, so her artwork is so bold and beautiful. She started off by making head wraps and she well, she started off by painting. And then making um, head wraps. And if you just see her paintings, they're just really bold and full of life and, and joy. And so Melissa has been having an amazing year. So she's an IT tech. And if you were to see her, you're like, there's no way this woman is an IT. She looks like a, like a walking like light of sunshine, you know? like Hey, I know a lot of nice IT people. <laughs> no, but meaning like she just so, everything she wears is just so bright. I just can't see her sitting behind a computer. Um, so yeah, so she's, she's amazing. So her pitch was awesome. Her people voted for her and she ended up winning. She was crying. I just, it just was such a, uh, an awesome event. And I just want to recognize Melissa cause she is a, so this is for, who was it? Who was the young woman that wrote about starting her business while she was working? Oh, her name's Jessica. So Jessica, Melissa still works in it. So she still has her, even though she's been doing well, um, she, she actually, um, Spanx had a contest about who was going to like um, be their new print on whatever new Spanx they were coming out with. She won that earlier this year. Um, she also won something else. I mean, she's been having, oh, Macy's. Um, she partnered with a woman who like um, makes clothing and her prints were on the clothing and they sold out at Macy's. Um, she's just been having an amazing and amazing year. Um, despite that though, she said that, you know, she kept her job. Um, she's just now at a point where her, her side business, her Abel Creations um, has it's making it's in its Abel for those who want to follow her A B E I L L E Abel Creations and oh, so like B in in French yes and so she um she she said like her business is now making as much as her regular job but she wanted to put herself in a strong financial space before she took the leap and so that's some if you have the opportunity to do that that's another option. But yeah, just I just want to give a shout out to Melissa because she was just awesome. She was so appreciative and she was just crying and 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 she said it's just so funny because someone hit her car the other day and knocked off the window, the, um, the side view mirror. She was like, a sister could use this car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was my that was my brown beast to Melissa. Ooh, shoot me a link. I'll put her in the show notes. Ooh, okay, I will. Will you though? Well, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to send. It to you. <laughs> Because I feel like I end the show like that sometimes and I don't get anything. <laughs> you know what? My, I mean, I have the word. I don't know. I would think that I have, um, meanwhile, I can't even remember the name of it. What's that thing where you have dementia? Is that Alzheimer's. <laughs> don't make fun of dementia. That's a serious illness, Tiff. No, no. I would think that I would have, like, but I've all, when I say I've always been like this, I, I have always had a terrible memory. 
Oh, it's not, it's not gotten worse. It's just been the same. I just love how cheery you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I sure will. (laughs) I just like, and so I've just learned to like navigate around it. One thing I've learned, because I used to really go ham with people who are like, no, Tiffany, you did say, and I'm like, that's not true. And now when someone says that I did say, or I promise, or I said, I'm like, you know what? It's likely. So my bad. You're like a magic eight ball. (laughs) <laughs> it is likely. I'm just teasing you. I love you even with your forgetfulness. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I just sent it to you on IG. So that way you have it. See? Thanks, man. <laughs> well, it's awesome as per usual. Yeah. Let you guys uh, hit us up with your questions again at brownambitionpodcast.com. What's happening? The holidays are coming up. We talked about task management tools. If you guys have tools that you love, or you have fun holiday plans, or hell, you're stressed out about your holiday finances, let us know. Hit us up in our inbox. Yeah, I know. We'd love to hear that, because I'd like to see what you guys are up to. Are you exchanging? Well, we'll leave on this. Are you exchanging gifts? I've seen the trend among the dream catchers that their significant others and um and themselves are not exchanging gifts this year, that instead they're putting it toward um either like a joint experience or maybe a home. So I'd love to know. Um, tweet us. Send us a message on um, on Insta or Facebook. Are you going to exchange gifts this year? And if not, what are you going to do instead with your moolah? Yeah, I'm just ignoring my husband's gift request. <laughs> he thinks we're doing gifts, but we're not. I mean, you guys bought a house you just renovated. That's, That's a lot. Am I, right? Tell him that. He's like, can I have this $400 toolkit? I'm like, cool, keep sending me links. You're not getting in this. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. We'll have a good week. See you guys next Wednesday. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.